Hi, and welcome to another episode of A Shot Glass of Recovery with your host, Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast Two Sober Chicks. Okay, y'all, please join me in singing happy birthday to Trish, who has her one year. Yay! Trish from North Carolina. Three, two, one. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. You're awesome. You're one year. Happy birthday to you. So for those of you who opt not to get medallions, I personally believe that it is very important to get your chips, 1 through 12, if that's how they do it at your group, meaning the 24-hour, the 1-month, 2-month, 3-month, 4-month, 5-month, all the way to 11, because there are people that need to see that it can be done. And someone might look at you and identify with you and look at you as a beacon of hope. So well done, Trish. It's so exciting. I loved both of my one years. <laughs> All right. So I've been waiting for the fire alarm testing to be done so I could do this podcast. And let's hope I'm right. Remember yesterday when I was feeling really down and yucky? Well, I thought this would be a really good opportunity to do a live fourth. So after sitting with it and really understanding what had upset me, I went to, and this actually helped me even more, um, doing a fourth. So if you don't know what a fourth is, it's made a step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. And when you do a fourth, you typically have four sheets. So the fourth format includes a harms sheet, what you've done against others, a fears sheet, what you are afraid of, a sex conduct sheet how you are in intimate relationships, and a resentments sheet, who you hate, or your grudge list, or the people you have revenge fantasies over. So I'm a big fan of getting to a point of clarity by process of elimination. So very shortly, I did, I went to a staff meeting yesterday where I intern at my church, and um, I had a shame hangover afterwards because of what I thought was me oversharing. And so do I have a resentment? No, it's not a resentment. Does it have to do with sex? Nope. And is it a harm? Have I harmed anyone? No. Therefore, it's a fear. So my inventory right now has fears on the top. And then there are columns going up and down. The first column is I'm fearful of. And then under that, I put being quote unquote messy because I felt like I overshared yesterday and I was too dramatic. The second column asks, why do I have the fear? And that's where I did some digging yesterday. Like, why do I feel that way? Was I myself? Yes. Was I honest? Yes. So then what's the problem? It's shame and embarrassment. But why do I have the fear? Anything we deal with now in our lives as adults has always, the seed has always been planted in childhood, which is why we love to blame our parents. But we're not going to blame anybody right now. We're just going to see it for what it is and place responsibility where it lies. So growing up, I was told by my mom that when I cry, I'm ugly. I was told I was dramatic. Um, I would be told when we went into stores, keep your arms at your side so you don't break anything. Um, any sort of expression by me was not held in very high regard. I was not soothed or comforted. I was told to buck it up. And then not only was I told to minimize 
those expressions, but I was constantly lied to about what was going on in my household. So as a little kid with intuition, I would know that my parents were drinking too much. I would know that my dad was raging. I would know that my mom couldn't cope with her feelings. But what I knew and what they told me were two opposing things. So I always felt crazy. And I wasn't allowed to express myself because it was seen as disrespect. So I felt like, A, I wasn't important, my experience was wrong, and I was to be seen and not heard. On top of that, I had a father who raged, which was an explosion of emotion, and I had a mother who would be on anti-anxiety medication because she would pass out from severe anxiety attacks. So I was either told to explode, which I wasn't allowed to do, um, by example, or stuff my feelings down because you're not allowed to express them. So that whole shitstorm of messaging led me to believe that I had to be very controlled. My goal as a little girl was to be stoic because I thought that was power. Not expressing yourself, being seen and not heard made you more powerful. Um, Also, a lot of my expressions of emotions or my secrets were used against me. So that translated into when I am, and that became the best fodder for my drinking. Stuff down the feelings, stuff down the expression, stuff down the fear and the anxiety, just stuff it down. That's when booze became my best friend, when it would take away all of my anxieties because I wasn't being myself. And if you're seeking to behave or use a substance, to push yourself down and not be who you are, that's the best food for addiction. Addiction feeds off that shit because we're meant to be who we are. That's why so many people kill themselves or are maladjusted to life because somewhere along the lines, they got the message, they're not worthy, they're not good enough. I should say we, we're not good, we're not worthy, we're not good enough. We shouldn't be who we are. But who we are is such a powerful force We were created that way to be the highest expressions of ourselves. So when we push that down, there's no other place for it to go. It has to come out in some ugly way because it's like, I'm me. Why can't you see me? So I have, why do I have the fear? Childhood, mom. I'm actually going to fill it in a little bit more than that. Dad, erroneous messaging, Um, not worthy not perfect because really what I kept thinking in that meeting was okay so now the the people that want to take me to lunch will be like oh we don't know about her or my pastor will be like oh we didn't know that about her like maybe she's not appropriate for this position or people might look at me and be like she's not as smart as we thought she's not as perfect as as we thought and it like now I'm seen and obviously somewhere I have I'm not okay with that because I want people to see me how I want to present myself So not perfect. Um, Yeah, that's good. So then there's these other columns. So we've got column A, which runs north and south or top to bottom. And it's I'm fearful of. Column B, why do I have the fear? And then there's all these other columns that follow. And basically what you do now, now that you know what the fear is and why you have it, is you start to check off the things that apply to this fear. So self-esteem personal relationships. These are the boxes I've X'd off. Um, My security instinct, there's either material or emotional. I clicked off emotional. Does the sex instinct apply? Nope, don't have to fill that out. The ambitions, social, 
do I have an ambition in a social circle or to get somewhere? Yes. Security. Did this affect my security in this place or in my ambitions in this place? Yes. Sexual? No. And then at the very end, it's the exact nature of my wrongs. So what we're trying to get at now is what is the root? And the options are the exact nature of my wrong. Have I been selfish or dishonest or self-seeking and frightened or inconsiderate or all of them? So when I see selfish, it's not like the, the insult you're being selfish. It's being self-driven, self centered, meaning this is affecting me. How is it affecting me? That's selfish. That's being self-centered. And then the other one was self-seeking and frightened. So the whole point of doing this fourth is to find the root of why we're feeling a certain way and then why we engage in our addiction so we don't feel that way. And it all comes down to fear. This is all fear-based. And the character defect that is associated with the the fear is the way that fear is acted out. So for me yesterday, the way it was acted out was feeling low emotionally. I was irritable, restless, irritable, and discontented. And so um, I just lost my train of thought. So now I can see in black and white exactly what's going on. Oh, there's the fire alarm. I hope it's not too loud for you. I'm going to stop it for a second until it stops. Oh, hang on. Okay, I guess it stopped. So what do I do now? So I've done my fourth, which, well, never mind. I'm not going to say that. So I've done my fourth. What do I do now? Well, I go into my fifth. I tell someone. I'm telling you. I'll tell them. I can tell my sponsor. I can tell someone else in the program. Then we move to six and seven. Am I ready to have this character defect removed, this character defect of shame and guilt? Yes, I am. So then I ask God, step seven, I humbly ask him to remove my shortcomings, meaning God, please work with me on this. And I know what's coming up because I need to work on it, which means I got to sit in the discomfort in order for it to go away. Should I change my behavior? No, I was being honest and I was being myself. And if that's the problem, then I have to accept that that's the problem. And I might be uncomfortable when it happens. And that's the thing. It's okay for me to be uncomfortable. It's not going to kill me. My feelings won't kill me. Doing what I do to avoid feeling my feelings will, i.e. drinking. And then step eight, do I owe someone an amend? Maybe myself, but not really. I'm pretty good to myself and shit comes up. Uh, Step nine, do I make the amend? I'm good to myself. Step 10, keep on top of it. This fourth is actually kind of a 10th because I just need to revisit what happened. If I was good at doing my 10th, which I guess I am because I'm doing it now. um, 10th is called a mini fourth just because it's not this long process. It's something came up today and now I need to look at it. Yesterday after the podcast, I said I would go into a step 11, which was prayer and meditation, and I did, and I felt so much better. For an hour, I did restorative yoga, which is basically just holding a stretchy yoga pose for an extended period of time while breathing and listening to relaxing music is how I do it. And then step 12, be of service. I happened to celebrate at a dinner my sponsee, Bianca's first year. Someone in our group got her an engraved medallion with her name. Uh, the group 
that we belong to, because we all belong to the same group, her sobriety date and whatever she wanted on the back of her medallion, which was, but for the grace of God. And we had dinner together and we had fellowship and we chatted and it was so good. And I came home and I felt so much better. This morning I felt a little heavy, but again, it's acceptance. All right, well, maybe one night it doesn't take for me to get over my discomfort, but I'm like 80% over yesterday's fear and discomfort. I'm also a 43-year-old woman, and hormones can, from time to time, plague us. So it's literally about sinking into acceptance. I accept this is what happened. I accept there was no wrong. I accept that my fear was triggered and it manifested in this way. I see it for what it is. I will either alter my behavior and do something like my sponsor says, which is you can give a general sense without details. So maybe not telling them I had an anxiety attack and I barfed. And uh, maybe just being like I was really anxious yesterday. But you know what? If my biggest wrong is that I was too honest, I'm okay with that. I didn't hurt anyone else. So that's how you do a fourth. That's Julie's live fourth on her issues yesterday. So I also saw something today that played exactly into what I'm talking about. I get these daily thoughts into um, my email box. And this one happens to come from language of letting go September 9th. So uh, where's my language of letting go? Hello, fire alarm. All right, September 9th. Oh, I even have this one. Whoa. I have this one starred, underlined, and notes. So I'll read those. Oh, okay. September 9th perspective from Language of Letting Go. Too often we try to gain a clearer perspective before it is time. That will make us crazy. We do not, this is what I have starred. We do not always know why things are happening the way they are. We do not always know how a particular relationship will work out. We do not always understand the source of our feelings, why we've been led down a particular path, what is being worked out in us, what we are learning, why we need to recycle, why we had to wait, why we needed to go through a time of discipline, or why a door closed. How our present circumstances will work into the larger scheme of events is not always clear to us. That is how it needs to be. This next statement I have circled in orange pen. Perspective will come in retrospect. We could strain for hours today for the meaning of something that may come in an instant next year. Let it go. We can let go of our need to figure things out to feel in control. I have this underlined. Now is the time to be, to feel, to go through with it, to allow things to happen to accept that there are fire alarms going off in the background, to learn, to let whatever is being worked out in us take its course. In hindsight, we will know. And I have a note there where I wrote, I may not ever know why, but I do know it will be used. Maybe that's the why. And that actually comes, it's a biblical thing. Romans 8.28 is um, because we know that all things work for the good of God. Hang on. Romans 8.28, Romans 8.28, it's coming late, let me see in my app, Romans 8.28, 8.28, okay, Romans 8.28 says, uh, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. 
for those who are called according to his purpose. So I may not know what this is, but I know all of my suffering, everything I go through is used for a purpose. And it's usually 99.9% of the time used to help others because God just works that way. For today, being is enough. We have been told that all things shall work out for good in our life. We can trust that to happen, even if we cannot see the place today's events will hold in the larger picture. Today, I will let things happen without trying to figure everything out. If clarity is not available to me today, I will trust it to come later, in retrospect. I will put simple trust in the truth that all is well. Events are unfolding as they should, and all will work out for good in my life, better than I can imagine. Whatever suffering and pain you've been through today, yesterday, last week in your life, I believe that when we understand that that can help others, it's a great weight off our shoulders. And sometimes it takes time to sink into acceptance. But every painful thing I've ever been through has been used to make me better or to help others. So for me, every single pain I've ever been through is worth it exact for that purpose. Well, happy 9th of September. I hope you had a great long weekend if you are in North America. And if you're not, I hope you had a great weekend. Thank you for being with me and I'll talk to you soon.